This is what I think Jesus looks like and God looks like. They just probably look exactly like a king. A crown and would have a long beard with a long cape. Crown, bunch of jewels in it, cape, purple on the middle, black, white, striped fur around the purple, fancy boots, fancy clothes, probably like a golden crown with like jewels on it. Strong, has long ca a cape, they probably have a armor. A crown in the body and um, pants and a shirt. If he's outside and he sees somebody homeless, he could tell them, hey, would you want to eat some food? And he would give them some food. my bicycle. I would have a magical key that could float in the air and unlock the door so I can open it. It would have an automatic gate. I scan. Just I scan my eye and walk in normally. Walk in like I walk. Like I'm just taking a walk. Good evening, everyone. My name is Garrett. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Chapel South, and we're so honored that you would invite us into your home this evening as we remember and reflect on what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. It's Good Friday, and I believe this service is going to be a powerful time of worship and a significant time as Jesus continues to work to change our hearts. So a few things that you can do to sort of set the environment for our time this evening. If you haven't already, gather anybody that might be watching uh, in the same household together in one room. And then we'd recommend that you put this up on, on your largest screen as you watch. And then if you'd like, perhaps dim the lights, maybe light a candle, anything that you could do to sort of zero in, eliminate distractions, and focus your attention tonight on, on what Jesus has done for us. Now towards the end of our service, we're gonna have a time of communion. So you're gonna wanna gather some elements that will symbolize for us tonight the, the body and the blood of Jesus, the bread and the cup. My favorite movies are those true life stories dramas that talk about someone's life and what they've gone through. And there are no better true life stories than the ones we find in the Bible. And tonight as we're remembering Jesus' death, we're looking into the most incredible true life story that's ever happened. When Jesus, the Son of God, gave his life on a cross that we might know God's forgiveness, that we might know God's love, that we might know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And so in John chapters 13 through 21 are, is the story of Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension, which we'll celebrate on Sunday, the Easter story. Those are the, that's the story that just 
is better than all of them. So as I read a little bit from John here, it says, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that's the hour of his crucifixion, it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Never did not love them, always loved them. It says there that he, supper was ended and he, the devil having already put into the heart of this guy named Judas Iscariot, his disciple, to betray him. That Jesus rose from supper, he laid aside his garment, he took a towel and he girded himself. And then he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet. So he went around the table washing each of the disciples' feet. And then it says he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? You see, Peter did not want Jesus to wash his feet because Jesus was the master. He was the Messiah. He was his teacher and savior. And Peter's saying, that's not what, they, that's not what a, a teacher does. That's not what a master does. I should be washing your feet. But he said, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And what Jesus is saying to Peter is, you know that I love you, but you're going to see just how much I love you. You're, you don't understand now, but you're going to understand just how much I love you, how much I'm willing to wash your feet, how much I'm willing to take you as my disciple and my follower and, and, and love on you like you have never known before. And Peter would deny him later. So as Peter said to him, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus said to him, well, I don't wash you. You have no part in me. And so Peter began then to begin to think about Jesus' love for him like never before. And tonight as we're gathered together, I would like you to reflect on just how much Jesus loves you like never before. He loves you. He loves you to the end. And he's willing to wash your life and cleanse you and walk with you in spite of all the dirt, sin, all the betrayal kind of things that happen in our hearts. Jesus came to minister to us a love like we've never known before. Let's take a moment and reflect on that. So as we continue just to reflect on God's love for us, as you look at John 13 through 21, chapters 13 all the way through chapter uh, 17 are Jesus praying for his disciples, Jesus teaching his disciples about relationship with him like a vine and branches. He's talking about how the devil was out to get them. And he just ministers to his, to his disciples through those chapters, his love for them, his protection of them. He's praying for them. And then in John chapter 17, he has what's called the high priestly prayer, which leads us into chapter 18. And as we read chapter 18, it says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he had just got done praying. He went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So this is a common place where Jesus was with Judas and his others, where they would meet, he would teach them, they'd pray together. It says, Then Judas, having received the detachment of troops, 
and officers of the chief priests and Pharisees. He came to the garden, this is Judas, with, it says there, with lanterns, torches, and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, Jesus knew what he was facing. He knew that he was, they were gonna be taking him to arrest him. He knew that he would be crucified. He knew all the pain that lay before him right there, knowing all things that would come upon him. I, I just find this so deep. It says he went forward. He didn't back up, he didn't run away. He went forward and said to them, whom are you seeking? They answered and said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, stood with them. Now, when he said, I am he, that whole contingent of soldiers fell back. Then Jesus asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said to him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I've told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which Jesus spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I've lost none faithful. Then Simon Peter drew a sword. <laughs> this is Simon Peter. He loves Jesus. He's very sincere in his love. He draws a sword and he strikes the high priest's servant. He cuts off his right ear. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? And again, Jesus, knowing all things that would come, would come upon him, he went forward. He knew just exactly what he was facing. He went forward and here he's saying the same thing to Peter. Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? And that cup is the crucifixion. That cup is him willingly surrendering his life to go through the agony of the crucifixion for you and for me. He surrendered his life willingly for you and for me. And so as, Je as Jesus then is taken to Annas, and then they take him from Annas to Caiaphas, and then from Caiaphas to Pilate, and through the whole time that he's being tried there, mocked, ridiculed, and everyone going out, crucify him, crucify him. Releasing Barabbas, crucify him, crucify him. During that time, Peter is denying Jesus three times. And that final time when he denied, he said, I, I don't even know him. And it says immediately the rooster crowed. And Jesus, knowing these things would happen, told Peter the same thing. He said, you're gonna deny me to even know me three times. That is a life of love that we have in knowing Jesus Christ. He loves us and willingly, knowingly, surrendered his life in the hands of sinful men to be crucified for you and for me. Can we take a moment to think on those things? So now we come to chapter 19. Jesus has been tried. He's been sentenced now. And in chapter 19, Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Then they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again to the Jews. He had done that several times. He said, Behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. 
And Pilate said to him, Behold the man. You know, when I was 10 years old, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I received a Bible when I did. And this Bible has some pictures in it. And so I went just to look at the pictures. And I came across this picture that has that exact scene in it. Eke homo, behold the man. And it so struck me and it stuck with me the entirety of my walk with the Lord, which has been 40 plus years now. Actually, it's 50 plus years. And so this whole scene that Jesus, the Son of God, would be paraded before a crowd of hateful, vengeful Jewish leaders and they're sentenced to be crucified. And so the soldiers, it says there, the preparation day of the Passover had come. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Pilate, behold your king. But they said and cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? And then the Pharisees said, we have no king but Caesar. Wow. No king but Caesar. Then we see then, then the soldiers, when they had crucified him, they took his garments, and it says they made four parts to each soldier apart, and the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. So they said among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be. Jesus on the cross. And they're wagering away his clothing. And so it says there, they did this that the scripture might be fulfilled. And it says there, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. God knew, God knew everything that was going to happen that night, even to the point of these details. They took his garments, they divided them, they took his tunic, and they, they wagered over it. And that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them for clothing they cast lots. And John says this, that's why the soldiers did this, because God had already seen it and planned it. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, he said that the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. And it says there, a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. They took a sponge and put it in the sour wine. They lifted it up to Jesus as on the cross in agony. And he took that and he drank it. Took a piece from that, that sponge. And then it says, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He died on the cross. You see, Jesus, knowing all things, came knowing that he would give his life for you. He came to die for you and for me. And that's what we're remembering on this Good Friday. We're remembering that Jesus himself on that cross fulfilled all the things necessary that we ourselves might be forgiven of our sins through his agony, through his death, through him fulfilling all the things necessary for God now to offer to you and to me eternal life. And so, can we reflect on that a moment before we take communion tonight?
So as you hold the emblems, the bread represents the body of Jesus that was crucified for us, and the cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And so as we're holding the emblems, we want to remember Jesus tonight. So Jesus, tonight we remember you. Remember your death. Remember what you did for us. And we, we say thank you, Jesus, that you gave your body to be broken, crucified, that you shed your blood, that our sins might be forgiven once and for all. And so on that night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he said, this is my body that is broken for you. He said to his disciples and to us tonight, take of it. Receive what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. Shall we take this together? And then Jesus, on that night, when you're with your disciples and you take that cup, which for them had been given the meaning of the cup of redemption in the Passover Seder, and you gave a whole new meaning. You said, this is my blood shed for you. To your disciples, this is my blood shed for you. To us tonight, this is my blood shed for you. And how we thank you for this new covenant that you have established for us, you have solidified it, you signed and sealed it, that we may be saved by grace through faith in what you did in shedding your blood to pay the penalty for our sin once for all. And so we worship you, we thank you, and we take the cup together now in Jesus' name. Grant to us a deep, deep appreciation for all that you have accomplished for us that all ours by believing in you, the Savior of the world, who gave his life a ransom for all. We love you, we worship you, and we thank you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're listening tonight and maybe you don't know Jesus, or perhaps this is kind of the first time that you're beginning to understand who he really is and what he's truly done for you. Well, I'd invite you tonight to respond through prayer with me. Would you pray with me now? Father, thank you for revealing yourself to me in a new way this evening. God, I understand that I'm a sinner, that my life is broken, of that there's a separation between you and me and Lord I understand that you've sent your son Jesus to die for my sin to take my place and to bridge that gap that my sin has caused and to restore a relationship between you and me so God I want to submit my life to you now I want to move forward with my life making you the Lord of my life so thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. I put my faith and my hope and my trust in you now. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, I, I think that there are things on our hearts that 
perhaps God is, is bringing to the surface that we need to bring before him now, some things that we've been holding on to that we just need to lay at the feet of Jesus. So I'd invite you right now to, uh, to spend some time praying, either alone or with the group of people that you might be watching with. And then if you'd like, we have people ready to pray in real time. So a couple things you can do, you can just type into the comments that you'd like prayer, or perhaps type your prayer requests, and we have a team of people who will reach out to you and begin praying with you. Or we also have a link to a form, and, and we'll be following up with those later on. So thanks again for joining us tonight. I pray and trust that God is doing some amazing things among our church family this evening. And um, just spend this time, however long you'd like, just continuing to, to respond to Jesus. Amen.